Jerry, welcome along to the gardening programme this morning here on Midwest Radio. Sorry, for some reason, the syllables aren't all coming out in the correct order this morning. Porik, apologies. I'll stop You're talking okay, now and girl. give it over to you. Good morning. Good morning, dear. Good morning, listeners. Well, uh, yes, we. I just want to say, first of all, um, for people tuned our way and anybody who is intending to give us a call on the programme this morning, Cathy is working on the programme. Um, we have a slightly different number than usual. It's our uh, 094 number, so 094-963-0553 if you have a question for Porek on the mm. programme. It's Grow Your Own Weekend. It is, absolutely. And uh, this weekend, middle of April, is, is the time, I suppose, for people to be thinking about putting fruit, vegetables and herbs in the garden. And... Uh, listening to the weather forecast last mm. night we're into a nice ridge of high pressure it does mean colder nights frosty yeah, nights so like I'd, last I'd night a little bit of frost in my yeah, this morning and we're going to see that right through the week so particularly for listeners with tender plants bedding plants and uh, maybe tomatoes and cucumbers those sort of plants in the tunnels keep an eye on those and keep them warm but it's certainly going to be dry and um, the cooler temperatures and, and that even that northerly wind is going to help to dry up the soil as well so it's good to see that and and mid-April is always the time of year for planting out vegetable plants and most vegetable plants like cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli and lettuces and all of that they're all frost hardy mm. so you can plant them out the main thing is that you can work the soil uh, that the soil is reasonably dry when you're planting it so we're coming into a week for certainly the planting of uh, the popular herbs fruit trees in particular, things like raspberries and strawberries and all the apple trees can all be planted out of doors and indeed vegetable plants. So for listeners that may have sown seed of vegetables uh, back in March and they're ready now for planting out, this week would, would actually be a very good week for getting them into the garden. So we decided to do a garden talk, a grow your own talk yeah. in all the garden centres, and all the Hawkins garden centres. So in Sligo, we are honoured to have the team down from the Leitrim Organic Centre. In Ross Inver. In Ross Inver, mm-hmm. yeah. The guys are coming down too. The, the uh, horticulturists are coming down um, to talk to customers at uh, just after two o'clock in our Sligo Centre. So if you're knocking around Sligo, drop in. Uh, it's a free event. And the guys will be talking particularly about the growing of vegetables, herbs and fruit organically and the different methods that they use to control pests and diseases and to encourage the plants to grow and what fertilisers they use and so on. So in Sligo we have uh, the Organic Centre giving a talk from two o'clock on and they'll be there for the afternoon answering questions. In Turlock I'm going to give a talk. Excellent. uh, Again (laughs) at 2.30 so again it's a free event so if you want to come along. I'm going to be covering Grow Your Own um, in particular growing uh, vegetables, herbs and fruit in raised beds, containers making it a bit easier for people. Okay and uh, organic, not organic well, a little bit of both. Everything. A little bit of both. Yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, free range. Free range. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably the term. Mid- middle of the road, just like yeah. myself, yes. So, we'll be covering certainly the organic treatments, but also, um, you know, I'll be covering the uh, how, to, how to grow herbs, vegetables and fruit using raised beds and containers, but also out into the garden soil as well. And I'll also cover in the talk just seasonal tips, things that people can be thinking about doing over the next couple of, of particularly this week, as things are beginning to dry up. Um, so, that's at 2.30 in Turlock in Castle. Bar, um, so come along, and um, I'm going to repeat the talk again on Sunday at two thirty okay, as so well. You have busy weekend, so Saturday and Sunday, grow your own weekend. Again, it's a free event, but so pop down to the garden centre, um, and I'll be uh, talking at half two. And then in our Galway centre, the team there are giving a talk as well. Again, on grow your own and what vegetables, fruit, and herbs to plant now. So it's really the start of that planting season Deirdre and uh, particularly with the weather beginning to dry up yeah. it's going to be good and most of your vegetable plants uh, potatoes and cabbage and all that can be planted out of doors without any problem even with the bit of frost at night time speaking about the dry weather um, you know I was just thinking this morning 
the sort of thing that people, I suppose, it has been difficult the last couple of weeks in terms of it's been very wet and yes. uh, um, it's been difficult to get out gardening and the growth has been extremely slow. But if you look around the garden, um, certainly in the last 10 days, trees have started to produce, produce new, new leaves. leaves yeah. yeah, The grass is starting to green up and starting to grow. And in particular, weeds are beginning to show their uh, the first um, new gro- growth has started. There's an inch or two of growth on on most weeds. So, again, with the dry weather coming, it would be a, an ideal time for people to put out uh, an application of a, a weed killer or weed control or do some hoeing around the garden to control the weeds because they're at a stage now where they're very manageable rather than leaving it for a couple of weeks and then becoming more of a problem and many of them coming into flower and producing seed. So, weed control certainly over the weekend and into next week I would advise people to take the opportunity of the dry weather get out with the garden hoe or get out with the um, sprayer if you if you use the sprayer and control the weeds before they become a problem things like patios and driveways again you're going to see some weeds and, and moss and again with the dry weather this would be an ideal time to eradicate any mosses or algae mm. or lichen in particular I see a lot of lichen around at the moment it's similar to moss but it's lower growing um, and you'll find something like the pack very effective for controlling both mosses lichen and uh, the algae on the hard surfaces on all hard surface areas on patio driveways tarmac adam those sort of areas um i was actually visited a, a rose nursery this week i was heading oh. to uh, tv3 on on um, thursday yeah so i popped him into one of our ireland's leading rose growers and uh, i was we're often asked on the program what's when, new in the world of roses <laughs> but also we're also asked when to prune and and, and, yes, I, and I was I actually to. looking at uh, hundreds of roses that had been very severely pruned back so i took a photograph of them Okay. And I stuck it up on my Facebook page. Yes. So if you if you Facebook Pori Corkin, you'll see pictures of the nursery with the roses pruned very, very severely. I mean, there's only about an inch or an inch and a half and you can see the young buds Coming. shooting up. So if people want an indication on how hard to prune back their roses, have a look on Facebook. I think I put it up on Twitter as well. And it'll just give you an indication of how hard to prune your roses back. But if you haven't pruned them, then get out and do it. Okay. Um, so I was there on Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and the roses had just been pruned that morning. So you'll see the actual how severe they've been pruned back. Right, because it's always, I suppose, people are always a little bit wary that if yeah. they over prune them, uh, that you know that they're going to knock them back too Correct. much for this year, and that they won't come into proper Absolutely. flower then. Yeah. Or they're often afraid when they see new growth starting that they've, they've missed it's the time. Too late, yeah. So you can still prune them back, um, and and as I always say, when you prune roses, you you feed them as well. And of course, it's the time of year for plants planting new roses and we talked about this last week mm. I think we had a couple of questions um, in yeah. varieties like Mum and a Million and yes. Precious Amber and Trumpeter and all those really popular roses if you plant them now at this time of year including flower carpet if you plant it now um, generally the garden centres will have them pruned back for you and uh, they will actually flower this summer if you plant them into the garden soil now so they'll be flowering about the middle of June and flowering all the way through Lawn care is the other area and again I, I noticed even this morning a couple of questions in where people haven't treated the lawns they may have given it the first cut but there's still moss problems and weeds problems in lawns at the moment so again this sort of week this dry weather would be an ideal time to eliminate moss in, in the lawn with, with the zero and to control weeds in particular with something like dicoflower because the weeds are beginning to grow as well and it's also a good time of year to feed lawns as well because we are going to come into a growth spurt um, as we come into particularly in the middle part of, of next week And in terms of you know the fact that the weather hasn't been altogether that clement although it is looking a, a better at kind of on the horizon now of the next week or so is soil very heavy heavy at the moment it or is. is it still quite heavy or it can be yeah particularly you know. particularly if your garden is is um prone 
to, to holding moisture, it still is very wet. And so if it is by certainly things like pruning and feeding and, and controlling the weeds and all that can still be done even where, where soil is quite wet. In terms of planting, certainly if you're putting out vegetable plants or mm. thinking of planting new trees or shrubs, if the ground is very excessively wet, I mean, if you dig a hole and literally the water is it's still, still there, seeping yeah. in, leave it for a couple of days. But you'd be amazed how quickly in April in particular, how things dry out. The yes. April winds dry the soil very, very quickly. So, uh, you know, within a couple of days, whilst it might be wet today, yeah. give it a week or so, it's amazing. you'd be surprised how quickly um, the ground dries out because the water table is cons- consistently dropping. You'd often see in flooded areas that were flooded back in early March. Mm. Now that has disappeared. Right. So the water level is dropping all the time. So ground will dry reasonably fast. Speaking about planting, it's actually April is a really good month, month for planting. So things like uh, trees in particular, and a lot of the spring flowering trees are going to be coming into flower now. So all the cherries, the lovely flowering cherries, some of the early varieties have been flowering, but certainly varieties like Prunus Charité and Prunus Kansan, which is the big double um, pink flowering cherry, they're they're coming into flower very shortly, but it's a really super time to plant trees in the garden. Laburnum, you know, the lovely golden rain tree, it's yep. a really good time to plant laburnums. They're going to flower as we come to the end of April, early May. But now is the time to get them into the soil because the roots will start to initiate into the ground very quickly. There's a lovely cherry called Royal Burgundy. I think I spoke about it before. It's got purple foliage, the colour of dillisk. Okay. It's a real rich purple, very like a copper beech. Um, large leaves, very colourful. It's just coming into leaf at the moment. The, and I like that variety in particular because you've got the foliage colour from April right through to October. So the leaf colour is like a copper beech, so it's very dramatic, but it produces lovely double pink flowers as well in late April and May. So look for that variety. It's one called Royal Burgundy. It's a relatively new variety. Um, it's been out maybe four or five years now. Um, it grows like the traditional uh, ordinary pink flowering cherry mm-hmm. but not as tall it's more compact oh, okay. so you've got the really rich purple foliage you've got a really du- large double pink flower nice. then in April and May um, and a really nice tree well behaved tree it doesn't get too big it doesn't need too much pruning <laughs> it's a really nice one so that's called Royal Burgundy look for that Charité is the white one the flat top cherry yes. which again should be planted this time of year big double white flowers that hang under the tree which is really nice it kind of makes a, a nice statement in a garden a nice feature there's also the weeping tr- uh, cherry called Cheels weeping it's a double pink weeping cherry say for a small garden if you want a small tree in the front garden mm. that's a really nice variety again it's going but to come into what's flower what's that called again? it's called Cheels C-H-E-A-L-S Cheels weeping or Sakuru is the There's Japanese the name for it. Name of it. Yeah, it's yeah. the Japanese name. Or go into, when you're in your local garden yeah. centre, look for the weeping double pink cherry. It's a really nice variety. Again, if you plant it now, it's going to flower this year. Um, Amelanchia, the snowy mespolis that we, we spoke about before, yep. before, that's a lovely tree at this time of year. It gives great colour. And for exposed gardens, you could put in a tree called Critagus Paul Scarlet, the, the double pink flowering um, hawthorn. hawthorn. Yes, it, it, uh, my mum has one of those and there. It's, right. it's gorgeous. It's covered in yeah, flowers, yeah, it's, but it's extremely hardy. Yeah. Great seaside plant or a tree that can grow in exposed gardens if you're open to the wind. So this is the time of year. Now, it's not just the, the, the spring flowering. All trees can be planted this time of year. The cornice, there's a couple of lovely varieties of cornice, which are, there's a variety called cornice kusa, milky way, which produces lovely star-like flowers. It's an unusual tree, something a little bit different. If you wanted something that wasn't as, as say, as common or as Yes. as um, well known as the cherries. Popular. Popular. Uh, well then look, there's, there's two varieties. Cornus Cusa Milky Way, which has got beautiful white flowers, really, really nice tree. It's got a lovely stem colour and it goes a lovely uh, reddish, orangish 
the foliage has a lovely red colour in the autumn, early oh, winter right. period. So that's a really nice tree, Cornus Cusa. When you see it in flower, you'll fall in love with the plant. I mean, it's just, it's one of those trees when it's in bloom, people say, what's that? What's the name of it? It's so unusual. So a variety called Milky Way, which has white flowers, star-shaped flowers, quite large. And there's another variety called Stellar Pink, which has pink blooms as oh, well. Very, very so they're another really uh, sounding ni- names. Yeah, really nice tree. So the Cornus Cusa family, um, great time to plant them. They will flower this spring if you put them in now and give you lots of colour. So really, in terms of planting trees, this is the time of year. Maples can go in at this time of year. Uh, mountain ash, white beam, all of those trees, if planted now, will, will grow really strongly. And many of the varieties that I mentioned will actually flower this, this, this spring and summer period. So that's the type of thing I'd be doing, Deirdre. Um, baskets, the basket plants are available oh, yeah. at the moment. So hanging baskets, you could start planting them up, particularly if you've got a tunnel or a greenhouse, you can nurse them on a little bit earlier. Um, it'll be something I'll be covering in the talk today, just hanging baskets. I'll touch on them briefly, just show people what, how to set them up and right. how to get them but started. But we're not quite really at hanging baskets, mm-hmm. whether fully at Well, it, it, not if you're putting them straight, straight outside. Out, yeah. And really, it's if you can plant them up now and put them in a shelter, maybe a conservatory or patio or somewhere in indoor or in a tunnel or greenhouse you just get a jump start on the season and they'll come into flower that a little bit earlier okay. um, but but there's plenty of time to plant them yet but I just see the plants are available the, at the moment right. so you could start you probably have your pick then yeah, absolutely yeah. and climbers this is the time of year for planting climbers you'll notice a lot of climbers will start to come into leaf at the moment particularly the Virginia creepers others like the spring flowering clematis montana alba um, uh, will be coming into bloom nearly this weekend and, and certainly into next week so it's a good time for planting cli- climbers particularly climbing roses and rambling roses mm-hmm. also anything in the clematis family and they flower typically at this time of year and other varieties then come into flower from June right through to September. So there's lots of really good varieties there. Climbing hydrangea, another great plant that'll stick to the wall itself and produce nice white flowers. Very, very easy to grow. Great seaside climber. and um, Plants like Ceanotus. So there's lots of good climbing plants. Again, if you need to cover walls like ivies, the variegated ivies can be put in at this time of year. So the general thing would be certainly with the, with the drier weather is kind of get on top of the jobs that mm. we've neglected maybe for the last couple yes. of weeks and get the lawn back in good condition, controlling weed growth. But certainly in terms of planting, getting out the vegetable plants and the herb plants, putting in trees, shrubs, hedging plants, climbers, the soil conditions would be ideal, certainly from after this weekend uh, into next week and right through into the following weekend for for the planting of plants. Okay, great. And and the frost at night will have absolutely no... No. because the plants in your local garden centre will be outside anyway. Yes. So, so they're well, the, yeah, it's they're the, well accustomed to the hardy weather. It's only just touching the, the zeros or the minus ones or twos. It's nothing beyond it's that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing too severe. Okay. Uh, I'll, uh, we're ploughing with strawberries. Now, we're missing okay. the very first part of this, but I think we have the gist of it, Park. Um, Koch has maggots boring into strawberries. She hastily drenched the whole plant with a vine weevil product mm-hmm. that resembled milk. And then read the instructions <laughs> Ooh. and reading down further discovered not suitable for edible stuff is her plot ruined for this year I thought that was always a male thing that we kind of jumped in and started doing <laughs> no I think it's just down to per- it's, a, it's not it's not gender it's, thing, yeah, it? it's, it's a personality mm. thing not gender thing okay well the, the product I'm guessing that the listener uses is a product called Provado which is uh, a vine weevil killer mm. and it does exactly what it says on the tin it um, kills vine weevil it, it also it has system, systemic action which means it remains in the plants wor- working up for three months so Provado is 
excellent for controlling vine weevil in where you say you're growing shrubs or trees or bedding plants um, because not only does it control vine weevil it also controls all other aphids and black fly and green fly that come onto the plant so it's often used say when you're growing camellias or trees and shrubs in pots because it's working within the system uh, preventing pests however it's not to be used on edibles because obviously it's in the system of the plant it will transfer from the strawberry plant through its flower into its fruit and um, it can actually even damage honeybees that might uh, feeding off the blossoms blossoms. so it's not used on edibles it's not a plant it's not a um, treatment to be used on edibles so now what I would do is look it will go out of the system of the plant within three months so for this year allow allow the, the strawberries to flower and fruit but don't eat the fruit it's not to be used on, on in your veg garden right. per se. It doesn't. It's not going to contaminate the soil. It it works within the system of the plant, um, but certainly the the strawberry should be avoided for for uh, for this year. So oh, that's most so important. It's provado, yeah. So be very Fine. careful what you're applying. Well, the, key, the key thing is yeah. just to yeah to read read the instructions carefully, and um, whilst it does kill vine weevil, it shouldn't be used on, on fruit, it, yeah. vegetables, herbs, anything that you're going to be consuming. Okay. Sorry about that, Coach. Uh, right, we'll move on. Okay. Uh, have planted uh, a selection of herbs, vegetable plant seeds and vegetable bulbs in a new raised bed. Now they're all doing well, Good. but I want to use an organic slug control. Okay. So what should I use and how often? Right, well, there's a couple of things. I was, uh, Cathy was telling me she uses eggshells to keep the slugs away, which oh. is any physical barrier like, like eggshells or wool, funny enough. Uh, wool. wool works very well. Sheep, or uh, I was going to say sheep, <laughs> slugs dislike, slugs and snails dislike anything that's sharp or that anything has a texture that... that so it's tactile, really. Exactly. Yeah. Because, you know, their body is so soft, okay. they won't cross any kind of physical sharp bar- barrier or anything like wool. But So something like that can be used if you wish. You can also use an organic slug pellet, one made from by Neerdorf. It's actually made from phosphate and iron. So it's got a natural... It's actually very good in the veg garden and, and with this listener as a raised bed, so it's perfect to use. So it looks like a pellet. Mm-hmm. It's blue in colour. Uh, you apply it to the soil exactly like you would a traditional slug pellet, except it's 100% organic. So the once it breaks down, it releases iron and phosphates back into the soil. So there's no chemical in it as such, or no insecticide, or no mm. um, nothing to to uh, harm the soil. So that's an organic pellet. It's made by Neerdorf, um, very successful, easy to use. You could also use something like the copper tape we talked about before. So that's a tape again you can purchase you just put around the edge of the raised bed and again when the slugs and snails come in contact with that it stops them crossing uh, and is that back to the tactile thing again? I well, no, it's more that they actually get a, an electric shock from oh, the, copper. the copper. Yeah, it gives them a, a, a short little sh- like a. Um, it's like an electric fence, fence for slugs. Exactly, that's exactly what it is. So, And it's a permanent fixture because you just put the copper tape around or the copper wire around the actual uh, raised bed and they won't physically cross it. But look, so either the, the organic slug pellets would be certainly very effective. Mm. Anything tactile like wool, uh, you can actually buy uh, a treatment now. Uh, the name for, escapes me, but it's actually based on wool for slugs. Or you can use um, the copper wire, which is very effective as well. So there's a good few options there really yeah. for people, depending on... If you're on. in Sligo for a talk, ask the guys from the Organic Centre. Excellent. They'll tell you what they do. It should be interesting to see. Now, we've got a big back garden. Gave it a second cut during the week. I didn't have time to treat it for moss at first as I was going away for Easter, but now I have lots of weeds as well. What do I treat first and with what? Okay, so they've, they've only cut the lawn. 
They've just cut, they've actually yeah, so no cut, they've cut it twice now. Okay, twice, yeah, yeah which, you, which you would do. Um, right, the first thing I would do is control the moss. So get on your zero this weekend. Zero will work within two days. Um, it'll eliminate the moss. It'll actually help to green up the lawn as well. The next stage is to feed the lawn. So put it on something like the Osmo mm-hmm. lawn treatment. Um, and that'll encourage the grass to green up. It'll also make the weeds a little bit softer. And a week to 10 days later, you treat the weeds with something like Dicoflar. So don't cut the lawn within that period. So get on the zero first. That'll work within a day or two. By Monday, you could put on the feed and the following weekend then apply the lawn weed killer and then mow the grass after that. And that'll be moss-free, weed-free and back in good condition. Excellent. Nicely greened up. Oh, great. Now, I've been sent some crocuses, uh, award winners from okay. England. Great. What should I do with them? They were sent for a grave. I'm not a gardener. Okay, well, crocuses are normally planted in the autumn time. If they're, mm. if they're still bulbs, if they're a dry bulb... Um, that you generally plant them in September, October. Having said that, we all pe- hundreds of bulbs that are bought in the autumn are never planted or there people come across them in the springtime. So it's always worth putting them back in the soil. So crocuses are a very shallow bulb. You mm. only need to cover them by about an inch. They'll actually suit a grave situation perfectly because they're low-growing. They're only going to grow in height three, four to five inches. Um, so look at, bury the bulbs about an inch deep, put them in clusters and space the bulbs about two inches apart within the cluster. So you want to be sowing about seven or eight bulbs together. Um, and they'll come into growth even this year. They'll actually kick into growth and you may get some crocus flowers in June, which mm. will be totally out of season. Right, but, but having said that, that, that's what's going to happen. They'll die back and they'll repeat then next but spring. At the normal time. At the normal time. They'll regularise them th- themselves. So um, certainly get them into the ground leaving them dry is they're going to rot over the summer so plant them as soon as you can into the soil or even plant them up into a couple of pots if you want it yeah. and grow them on there and then plant them in on the grave whenever when they, whenever, they've done whenever they, suits, yeah. yeah uh i've sowed four packets of lettuce in a tunnel none of them have grown <laughs> Right, okay. That's not what, good. What would be wrong, says Joe? Oh, well, four packets of seed. Which are typically in a packet of seed of lettuce, there can be anything up to a thousand seeds in each packet. Okay. So Joe has sown a lot of seeds. And um, he's in hard luck. It's it's very unusual that they, they haven't germinated. Um, would, would, you know. it, would it be a water issue? Or would it, Unlikely, well, does it, do they need uh, kind of? Well, they need moisture for germination, don't of they? Of course, yeah, yeah, all plants do. But generally, in a tunnel, if you're if you're sowing, there's water in the soil. There's like, water in the soil, yeah. and it's quite moist yeah. at the moment, and you've got the perfect temperatures. And lettuce seed is, is generally very easy to sow. Look at, don't give up on it. I'd resow. The, the key thing with lettuce, what you could do if you wish, if you wish, is just sow them into a couple of seed trays. So get yourself a, a seed tray, fill it with compost, have the the compost moist but not too wet. Put the seed lightly across the surface of the soil and cover it with cling film, right? And leave that on a windowsill to germinate. They'll germinate within a two-week period and then plant them as young plants back into the tunnel. Now, there may be slugs getting them. There may be things like wood lice will often attack young seedlings or seeds when they're germinating in a tunnel or greenhouse situation. Yeah. Um, make sure the seed is fresh, obviously. I'm, yeah. I'm assuming it is. But for four packets to fail is highly unusual. Um, maybe if Joe's around today, pop into the garden centre. I'll be there from half yeah. two on and I, I could certainly go through it with them. Well, one wonders, has anything come up out of the soil at all? Or at, all, at uh, what point has the, has, soil the been fail? Tre- yeah. has the soil been treated with anything? Yeah. Any herbicides or any treatment? Because it's most unusual for lettuce not to germinate. Yeah. If the soil is excessively wet, certainly the seedlings can often damp off, right, which is a... Which is a drown in the, in well, the, what happens is they germinate and literally they keel over okay, and die. Right. But you'd see that. But you'd see, the, you'd see, see evidence of yeah, it, yeah. yeah. So maybe if Joe gives me a ring at the garden centre later on today or pops down and I'll go through it with him. Um, but, let us, but having said that, the, the seed tray is a great way of 
pre-germinating plants with a view to planting them out into the tunnel mm. then a couple of weeks later right. and you know a warm w- winter like we have in the studio yeah, here it's perfect is, yeah. so it's amazing how quickly they germinate now is it all right to cut the tops off a hydrangea yet yes it is okay even with a bit of frost at night time now is the time if you haven't pruned your hydrangeas do prune them back follow the stem the flowering stem back to where you see new growth so bring it right down to soil level and give them a feed something like a rose feed or osmo pro 6 just to boost them on I love to cook and noticed ransoms on the menu in my local artisan restaurant. Is it yeah. easy to grow and how do you harvest ransoms? Now, I have to say to Porik, what is a ransom? A ransom? <laughs> well, this is the season and for I, ransoms. And I'm a bit of a foodie, so there obviously I don't... Uh, yeah, not no, you're, you're obviously not going to the artisan uh, I guess restaurant. I guess I mustn't be. <laughs> well, I had the pleasure of, of uh, having it having ransoms in the Bailiff restaurant down the garden centre about two weeks ago in mushroom soup. It was absolutely fantastic. What is a, answer my question. What's a ransom? I then went to uh, Café Rua this week and uh, enjoyed mayonnaise infused with ransoms. Absolutely delicious. Ransom is one of the easiest plants you can grow. Okay. It's wild garlic. Wild garlic. garlic. Okay. Um, there's a great crop of it, a great uh, forest of it growing in the National Museum in Turlock in Castlebar, right beside the garden centre. And you'll know it as soon as you walk into the forest, you'll smell the garlic. It's in flower. No. It's coming into flower as we speak. This is the time for ransoms um, or wild garlic. It's very easy to harvest. All parts of the plant are edible, but primarily the leaves are used. Um, it makes, instead of using basil and pesto, oh, you can lovely. use ransom. Um, and it's one of these, uh, like, like, like garlic itself, it's got an antiseptic quality and an antibacterial quality so it doesn't go off so if you make it as a pesto um, or if you use it, it you can put it in the fridge and it lasts for weeks and weeks and weeks oh. so it's lovely in all sorts of dishes um, you know they'll use it in sausages in stews you can cook it like spinach so you're harvesting the foliage and ideally the earlier the foliage can be you harvested you can cook it like spinach yes you can right. absolutely um, so it can be used in many fantastic garlic flavour from it um, nicer than garlic I think because you're Milder. actually Milder, yeah, but it's well, yeah, but still a very strong yeah. flavour from it. But it's, it's just delicious um, and, and so easy to grow. If anything, it can become a, a bit of a weed because it spreads by its flowers, right. produces it's nice... And it's kind of seedy. I know I've seen it in forests in the kind of, say, May time and it has... It's the, the seeds. Have, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's flowering now at the moment and the flowers can are edible if you wish, but it does spread by seed or it spreads by bulbs. So if you have it in the garden, you just have to be careful that it's better to leave it in the wild and go out and harvest it, forage it, and that's the word for it. Um, but they're the ransoms, well worth harvesting at this time of year. I'd say if you Googled it, you'd get lots of good, really good recipes, okay. but you'll see it now on menus for the next week or two, whilst it's in season. Um, so but it's, a lovely, it's wild garlic. It's really, wild really garlic, yeah. Now, if you're planting in, the, in your garden, then certainly put it into a pot, pot. because it will spread. Um, it can become a bit of a weed. It grows in height, about a foot in height. Yeah. And it, it grows extremely well in shaded areas. So in, in the museum, for example, it's in under um, a wood a wooded area um, growing as a canopy of foliage underneath it. Um, so bring the kids along maybe and get them to harvest a couple of leaves and... You're, it's so tactile and you get the smell well, straight yeah, away I, I, I know I, I've if you seen like garlic. Yeah, if you like garlic, <laughs> yeah. of course. That, that yeah. is, yes, that's for So that's what ransoms like. are. What, what was the question again? So the question was, because actually there's, there's another question about wild garlic, so it all really comes in under the one... Uh, 
onto the one title. Uh, the question was, yeah, is it easy to grow and how it do is. you harvest it? Well, it's so easy to grow. I would just go to, to areas that you, you, you know it's grown uh, locally and harvest it. Just take the fresh leaves off it. I mean, you won't damage the plant. It's going to grow back so quickly again. But this is the season, you know, uh, early April, mid-April. This is the time of year and it's, it's growing slowly this year. So it tends to, once it gets the leaves, get a bit strong. Uh, it's not as tasty. So it, pick it when it's young. And somebody else was wondering is it possible to get seeds for garlic ransoms? Um, yeah, you get the, the seed in the autumn or if you can get a small clump of it. Bul- yeah. It's because it's it's bulbous. It's grown, you know, it, has, it produces small little bulbs. Um, if you get a small clump of it from a neighbour or friend mm. then and replant it in the garden, then it'll start to grow. It'll but grow. do be careful where you plant it because it can become a little bit it of a weed as well. It's invasive. If, yeah, if so it put, it in, in pot, wrong, put okay. it in a pot. But look, to forage it wild is probably the easiest thing because it's, it's really, you pick it for a couple of weeks and then as we go into May and June, as you said, it goes to seed and it loses its flavour. Uh, wondering about the Red Flamingo Tree Park, does it need a very sheltered place? Well, that's Acer um, Red Flamingo, um, so it's in the Maple Flamingo, and it's grown for its lovely foliage colour, as, as you can mm-hmm. imagine, Red Flamingo. Uh, yes, it does. It needs a sheltered garden, maybe, you know, somewhere there's a hedge or a wall, sunny location, bright location, but it but shelter, so it does need good shelter, otherwise the leaves get battered and torn and, and so on so um, pick a shelter side for it red flamingo you can actually prune it back each year and keep it quite small so you can keep it to five or six feet if you want and grow it more as a shrub mm. rather than a tree if it's an exposed garden or as put in uh, something that's going to be a little bit hardier that prunus uh, royal burgundy that I mentioned the cherry with the purple leaf would be hardier would tolerate the wind better um, sorbus uh, aria lutescens the, the white beam has silver foliage which is quite good in exposed areas the crotagus pole scarlet we talked about mountain ash would do very well in exposed areas you know go for something that's going to be a little bit hardier or um, liquid amber yeah. which has lovely autumn foliage which may be a nice foliage tree as well so if you want to grow the red flamingo Keep it in a sheltered spot. It'll grow happy outside. The frost doesn't have any effect on it, but if you get a lot of cold winds, it will tear and shred the leaf. Like any of the maples, most of the Japanese maples are very sensitive to, to wind as well. Okay. I know we, we, we talked a good bit there about the wild garlic, but there was one element of a question that came in from Moira and Connemara, um, and you did touch on it in terms of its ability to, um, to reproduce and its proliferation. Yeah. It's growing in, fr- in a fruit patch. How does she get rid of it? Dig it out. Now is the time dig of year. Out. Just dig it out. Literally dig it up and, and uh, move it somewhere else. Maybe you see if 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 you transport soil or you're maybe getting bits of rhubarb from, yeah. from a friend, you can off- often get the bulbs coming in on it. Or it can seed into gardens as well. But uh, this is the time. It's very visible at the moment. So with a spade, just dig it up, tr- put it into a pot, give it give it to somebody else mm. maybe, yeah. or whatever, or plant it under trees in, a, in an area that but you can keep it contained. contained. Keep yeah. it contained. Yeah. Right. Um, now, a couple of questions regarding spraying of plots and vegetable plants. Um, I, how long do you leave a vegetable plant after spraying with Roundup before uh, sowing the vegetables, please? And somebody else has sprayed a vegetable plot with Roundup again. Yeah, sorry, similar question. Um, how long before I can sow the seeds of vegetables? Seven to ten days. To 10 as days. soon as as soon as the weeds have have died, Roundup works by going down into the system of the plant, so it's absorbed through the foliage, goes down into the root, and kills from the root up. So that normally takes seven to ten days. Warmer weather it works for. Quick quicker, colder weather, slower, but seven to ten days. Once the weeds have died, 
under once it touches the soil becomes neutralised becomes inactive mm. so as soon as the weeds are dead you can cultivate the soil and start sowing great I'm ready to plant up my hanging baskets I've changed the compost and added in some fertiliser right. is it too early to plant the trailing petunias and trailing plants well not if you have somewhere sheltered to put them like I said at the top of the programme if you're, if you're fortunate to have a tunnel greenhouse conservatory patio bright windowsill type of thing then by all means start them off now one tip is to pinch back the shoots and I'll be showing that today uh, at my talk in, in Turlock just how to pinch them back to encourage side branching and bushier uh, plants which mm. will produce more flowers right, of course yes. but no look at you can start now if you've got a sheltered spot if you were going to be putting them out of doors leave it for another two or three weeks uh, I know we talked fairly extensively about composting last week on the programme we Mary is wondering how much compost agitator is required or maybe it's the, the activator, activator yeah. uh, for a wheelie bin of waste as my compost never breaks down okay well key couple of key things and a wheelie bin is a great great uh, yeah. vehicle or, or vessel to use for composting make sure there's there's good drainage yeah. the moisture is getting so drill holes in the bottom in the of base it, of it in the base of it that's critical and um, the second thing is to make sure you use a mixture of different materials so if you're constantly using grass clippings yeah. or constantly using leaves yeah. then it'll be very 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 slow to break down so you need a mixture of kitchen waste garden clippings newspaper shredded up all that good stuff yeah. so different layers and then you use a handful of something like garotto uh, which is a, a an activator, a compost activator that stimulates bacteria to to break down the um, okay. the organic waste. Yeah, so you need a handful of that for every six or eight inches of compost. So you put in six or eight inches of mixed compost, put a handful of activator, another layer of kitchen waste and material, another layer of activator, and and that that really will break it down. The other tip for if you're using something like a uh, wheelie bin or uh. a container like that is occasionally on a fine day when you're feeling energetic tip the whole lot out yeah. and put it back into the bin <laughs> right <laughs> and the reason for that is that you right. get air into the into compass into okay. the thing the other thing you could do is bore some holes inch size holes around us. into the side of the yeah. plastic bin because anything that gets the air in bacteria needs air to work on they, they, they work they accelerate the, the breakdown if they're getting oxygen into the into the uh, compost. So anything that that does that. So holes, inch size holes drilled into the side of the compost bin mm. and into the bottom, or uh, occasionally or take it out, occasionally it back in again. chuck it out and put it back in it because you're absolutely you're mixing the compost, you're getting air back into yeah. it, and you're going to accelerate the breakdown. Okay, as yeah, well. that, that's interesting. So. Um, and I suppose I'm thinking then in terms of having it in a wheelie bin, um, it it's makes it, it's, yeah, it it's makes brilliant. it great. Yeah, so you can wear if you're doing your beds or whatever Absolutely. it's very easy to, to yeah. transport it's it a great yeah, way. that's great, clever great vessel for and, that and the before. lid keeps the excessive yes. moisture, moisture off which is important as well yeah or anything getting at it that's um, very true I sprayed the, tr the I sprayed a tree with green up yep. as suggested with minimal effect can it okay. be repeated the tree is in yes, bud now ah yeah you can still you can still uh, treat it green up is, is a powder you mix it with water maybe just double the concentration give it a, bit, a little bit more and spray it onto the bark they obviously want to get rid of moss or lichen or something on the bark so that can be repeated definitely good morning what is the best type of holly tree for berries and when is the planting time for the masks John well hollies come in well they can they, I was going to say they come in male and female, which they do, and the female berries bear, or the female plants bear the berries. So, and they're funnily named. So, there's a variety called Golden King, which mm -hmm. is actually a female variety, and that bears um, fantastic uh, red berries through the winter period. Now, you do need to plant male and female together to get them to cross pollinate, or you can get varieties like J.C. Van Tal, which is a 
it produces it's self-fertile that's the word I'm looking for okay. self-fertile so it bears fruit on its own um, but you'll often find if you plant a few female varieties that the, na- the native holly will cross-pollinate with it anyway so look for a, a couple of female varieties in your local garden some, some have green foliage yeah. some have got lovely variegated foliage as well and what I find with the, particularly the variety Golden King the birds don't seem to like the berries so the berries are often on them right into March and April of the following year so um Good time to plant holly in the garden. Makes a fantastic hedge. Lovely hedge. Yeah. Um, it's evergreen, it's hardy, it flowers, it buries. What more do you want? Okay, it's slow growing, it's easy to maintain. Okay, yes, yes and yes. Super. Um, now, I've bought 18 lavenders okay. two years ago. Right. They were fantastic. They're right. meant to flower May to August, but it seems this year the lavenders have completely died. Can you tell me why that might happen? As they've been brilliant uh, in previous years, Sam is in Ballina. So what do I always say about lavender? What does it need? So na- lavender needs poor soil. It does. Yeah. It needs free, dry soil. Free draining soil. So think about where it comes. So it comes to us from the Mediterranean. They get fantastic summers. A very kind of sandy, free draining soil. The, the, key, the, king, the key thing that kills lavender in Ireland is Water. the wetness. Yeah. The constant rain. And what do we have all winter long? Um, so when you're planting it, Plant it. I always uh, advocate put plenty of gravel. I mean, buckets of gravel. Have uh, wh- when you're when you're f- ready to plant and you put the spade into mm. the ground, you should hear the crunch oh, of gravel. Right. That's how gritty it, it needs, needs to, to be. be. The poorer the soil, the better. So you don't feed lavender too much because yeah. too much feeding makes them soft and more susceptible to rotting off. But excessive wetness, and particularly this winter, has has killed an awful yeah. lot of lavender. So they may have done well for a year or two, and then they've rotted over the winter. It's not frost, it's not pests, it's not disease, it's purely wetness. Wetness, yeah, because I was just telling Porek during the break there, I uh, did sow lavender last year. Uh, now, not a huge amount, but a nice yeah. little bit out the front. Uh, it's beside a wall. There you go. Uh, I, believe me, I didn't kill myself preparing <laughs> the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it would have been re- relatively stony soil. It would be it would be fairly impoverished. And I noticed it the other day. And sorry now, Sam, about this, but it's thriving. Oh yeah, yeah and that's it's, they're yeah, exactly the conditions great. it yeah. needs. So a sunny location against a wall is perfect because it, the wall creates a rain shadow that the rain never really gets down. You know, you'll never get the soil excessively wet at the base of a wall. Mm. Um, and but the fact that the rubble was there, there is the perfect condition. Yeah, it's, it's, for it, yeah that's exactly what it was. So that's what you need is impoverish the soil with gravel, get some pea gravel, dig it into the soil. You want it in a way that it actually creates a crunch when you're putting it in. Um, and that's the place. And in a sunny, bright location for lavender. If you haven't got those conditions, you're wasting your time growing them, except to grow them in pots and containers yeah. where, you, again, you can control the soil conditions. Otherwise, they're going to rot off. Lovely. I've a lot of fruit trees and I'm plagued with jackdaws. Would you have any solution? Well, if the jackdaws are attacking the fruit, you could use the Grazon treatment mm. in July and August, which is um, it's a calcium spray that you put onto the fruit and the birds dislike the taste of it. It's often used, say, for pigeons to stop them attacking cabbage plants. It's very safe to use. You can eat the fruit after treating. Um, so try that. That's called um, grazers. Grazers, sorry, grazers is the, is the uh, treatment. Grazers, you apply it in June and July. You could also net them. It's the only other really treatment to keep the jackdaws away from the uh, from the fruit. Okay, sorry. So, so that's that, there are the options there. I've rose trees. 
and that must be 80 or 90 years old goodness me uh, with very little roses on them apart from the sentimental value is there any point in keeping them? 80 years Wow well I'd be trying to hang on to something that was 80 years old Value for money yeah a rose is what 7 or 8 euros and to get 80 years of colour from it (laughs) look at uh, the plants naturally as they get older I mean 80 years um, they start to lose the ability to flower maybe as as they good when they were teenagers so uh, what you could do is to take some cuttings from them propagate them and and roses actually propagate very easy from cuttings so take them pencil thickness pencil length uh, strip off all the leaves and any buds that are on them dip them into a little bit of rooting powder and put them into a pot of a sandy mixture seed and potting compost uh, with perlite or sand mixed through it cover it with a plastic bag and put it on a bright windowsill and they should root over a five to six week period mm-hmm. you've got yourself nice young rose plants you've rejuvenated reju- ju- the plant and hopefully you get another 80 years out of them Wow, okay so, and well would, you, could you, would you plant them back in with the older ones? No, we'll or? put them into a new part right. of the garden somewhere yeah. sunny, somewhere bright and you've got yourself new rose roses again and then you treat them like like regular roses you cut them back every winter okay. exactly the same um, as we discussed at the top of the programme okay. so that, 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 yeah, so that's yeah take some cuttings and, and rejuvenate yeah. the plant so that's really but that's still a rose plant in, in terms of longevity the, the, other, the other one you can use is, is actually the cutting globe remember I brought yes. that in before so that would be perfect to use so the cutting globe is a special device that you fit onto the actual rose stem and the stem stays in contact with the mother plant uh-huh. it's still getting water and nutrients up yeah. but it stimulates the, the uh, cutting globe stimulates the rose to produce new roots uh, where the, the device is attached okay. and once it's rooted which takes normally about four to six weeks mm. you can cut the cutting off the plant and pot it up and grow it on Now last year I bought some lovely phlox plants um, plant, how yeah. do I maintain and feed them now? Okay well phlox is the old cottage garden plant loved by our, our uh, grandmothers in particular I mean it produced lovely long stems which are ideal for cutting flowering in, in June, July and August and they come in a whole range of different varieties and this is the time of year to actually plant them and mm-hmm. um, they're dead simple. You really just cut off the old stems, the withered stems from last year. There should be plenty of new growth showing from the base now. Do put a little bit of slug control down because the slugs love the young growth of flocks and feed them. So feed them with Pro 6 or a tree and shrub fertiliser or rose fertiliser. Yes. Apply it now and re- reapply about the middle towards the end of May. And that's really all the flocks is going to need. They're very, very easy to grow. It'll grow in height, depending on the variety, anything up to two or three feet and it gives tons of colour. It's a lovely plant. It comes every year. Year. So it's a real old cottage garden plant, a bit like the lupins, uh, but it flowers later in the season. Okay. Uh- in talks are there talks in your Galway in the centre in Galway? Uh, somebody's there, wondering, and actually, somebody else is saying, what time are you are you giving the talk at today? So okay, so let me Gal- just recap on that. So Galway in a Galway centre in Ordmore, yet the guys are giving a talk at two thirty today and two thirty tomorrow, and again it's it's primarily on grow your own vegetables, fruit, herbs, and so on. So that's at two thirty in a Galway store. Same in Sligo, the guys from Leitrim, the organic centre, are going to give a talk at two thirty, um, and they're going to be there for the afternoon. Uh, so if people have questions, and I'll be giving my talk at 2.30 in the Garden Centre this Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be tips for April but also some Grow Your Own. Okay, one or two more before we wrap up. Um, Somebody planted, Sarah, good morning to you, you're in Milik. Uh, Sarah planted uh, almost three weeks ago various vegetable seeds, tomatoes, paprika, aubergine and radishes, red mix, in the greenhouse. The radishes have appeared after nine days but there's no sign of anything else. Um, She's wondering, has she done something wrong? No, 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 no. Or just take a bit longer? The radish are so easy. The radish, you know, they're going to pop up you know, within in a very short period. No, the tomatoes, um, again, if you're sowing them in the greenhouse, the way I sow them is, again, in a seed tray, 
compost moist, sow the seeds, cover them with a little bit of, of compost and then cover them with cling film because the cling film stops them drying out. It saves you having to water them. And as soon as you see the young seedlings germinating, that's the time to whip the cling film off. Now, things like tomatoes and the peppers, to be honest, I would have germinated them indoors in the house because you've got just warmer temperatures. In the tunnel or in the greenhouse, you've got huge fluctuations between, as you said, minus one at mm. nighttime up to maybe plus 13 or 14 in the greenhouse during the day. So you get that huge fluctuation. Whereas in, in the home on the windowsill, you've got a more moderated temperature. So if they're in seed trays, you could bring them in to the, into the house, put them on a warm windowsill, cover them with the cling film, let them germinate and then plant them out of doors. Or else just leave them another, I mean, it's only nine days. It yeah. could take another seven to eight days for the tomatoes and um, peppers and aubergines to germinate. So, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of patience if you want to yeah. leave them in the greenhouse, yeah. but certainly I'd be more inclined to move them into the house on the oh. windowsill and uh, ask permission first, of course. <laughs> of course. Now, final question. I have 14 sunny shrubs I planted sunny? last okay. year shrubs, or a year okay. ago. They're all looking dead. What can I do to revive them? Sunny shrubs? What are, what well, are sunny, well, it, could be, it could be two plants. Yeah. It, there's a variety of choice here called um, Sundance, so it may be that, and it'd be unusual for it to die. But there are, are also Osteosperms, which are um, they're sold as sunnies. Um, it's a daisy flowering plant, mm-hmm. more a bedding plant than a, a shrub, really. Um, so again they would be slightly tender and again would be a bit like the lavender they need a very free draining soil so if it's those if it's the osteosperms they're daisy like in flower they flower the whole summer long if the soil is heavy then they would have died from just literally rotting over the winter period okay okay we'll have to leave it there Porik thanks uh, indeed for everything and I've just again all those talks happening throughout the weekend so Sligo so. and I'll be in, in Turlock today at 2.30 and also the guys in Galway at 2.30 lovely stuff and we'll talk to you then I'm on Shona Road too on, on RTE on, on Wednesday so people want to tune in around half 11 I've talked to Sean okay very good thanks very much Porik we'll leave it there for this morning uh, that's uh, my lot we're back and next Saturday after seven, stand by Michael Neary is coming your way next with Country Classics after the news update with Angelina Nugent. Good morning to you.